Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Wicked Good Book Club. We are back for our second April book, which was It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey, and I loved it. Yeah, me too. I'm such a Tessa Bailey stan at this point. I so this is my first Tessa Bailey book and I feel like mm-hmm. I totally got like her best out yes. of this book yeah it's pretty good yeah I started reading it I went to bed at like I don't know 10 o'clock and started reading it I stayed up till 2 a.m reading it and because I wanted to finish it I haven't done that with a book in forever yeah so I've been waiting to get that back because that's like that's my style as I used mm-hmm. to just like burn through the book stay up till 5 a.m reading and stuff and I haven't done it in forever so yeah it was exciting that this book like had me doing that and it was the perfect length for it too it's like Mm -hmm. a 400 page book like so cute wraps up super nicely but also leaves a little room because she went on and she wrote a second book in the series yep technically can be read as standalones but the stories overlap so I'm really excited to read her other book which is the hook line sinker book Mm -hmm. that's about Piper's sister so it's super cool so I'm really excited about that Um, yeah me too Um, yeah I have only read one other Tessa Bailey book but it was so good and like her voice I think is great and the voice she gives different characters is so great that one book and her TikToks I'm a Tessa Bailey fan (laughs) and then this as well you told me that I should follow her on TikTok and I did and she's so funny she's so funny she's at like an NHL game and she's like just scouting out which one of these players I'm gonna fuck or whatever you're yes. like oh my god yes she's so funny and she's I, so funny I love her writing style I feel like if I was an author and I had any like that's how I would write and I right. thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed her writing for this book and yeah, me too. I loved her characters like normally the character that Piper is the socialite the like airhead it's not my cup of tea I like characters with a little bit of substance but the way that she writes her is very endearing and then also she gives her these other great qualities so yeah. just I mean before we even get into it, I just I enjoyed it I enjoyed it so much. So we meet 28-year-old Piper at her low point, which she's being broken up with (laughs) by her boyfriend. And you're like, oh, that's sad. But they've only been together for three weeks. So Mm -hmm. Piper's pretty much just... Her longest relationship. Her longest though. relationship. And she's being broken up with, like, in a super public place. And, I mean, the boyfriend at a says party. it. Yeah. At a party. At a party surrounded by people who, like, think she's, I mean, she's famous. Or she's yeah. an influencer. Or socialite type. Right. Yeah. So, he's like, you're just, like, there's nothing in your head. You're an airhead. And she's like, yeah, pretty much. Like, not only do people think she's an airhead, but, like, even she does. Yeah. So, She's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just got broken up with. Like, to distract from it, I'm going to throw this huge party. Mm-hmm. So she invites a ton of people. She breaks into the rooftop pool of this hotel and she has this huge party fireworks and drinking and hundreds of people and like the LAPD helicopters have to go and shut it down um and it lands her in jail yeah (laughs) it it would the next the next day she's in jail and her sister Hannah comes and bails her out and we find out Hannah was expressly told not to do that to let her sit and suffer for a little bit but she did it anyway so Han- I, Hannah is like a little bit the MVP of this book, I will say. Oh, like, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So all of Piper Shenanigans uh, ends up really coming back to bite her because it turns out her stepfather, who's in the movie producing business, is in a business deal with the owner of the hotel. And the owner of the hotel wants Piper to pay because she made her hotel- the hotel look bad, like they have no security. Yeah. And instead of just, I don't know. I don't know what you would do to punish someone who has everything. Instead of just being like, no money for a week or whatever. Right. He tells her that she is going to be sent for three months to the small Pacific Northwest fishing town of Westport, which is in Washington. And Piper's like, what? And Hannah's like, what? (laughs) But we find out that this is where Piper and Hannah are from. And we also find out that Hannah and Piper's mom was previously married to a fisherman who lived in the town and he died in an accident and the mom was like overcome with grief and couldn't deal. So she took the girls and she left, even though that's where her husband's family was and that's where they were from. So Piper ends up being joined by Hannah in the exile and they go to this small town and things escalate very quickly from there. (laughs) Very quickly. (laughs) Um, 
So their plan is that they're going to stay at the bar that their father once owned, and there's a little apartment above it that supposedly their stepfather has been paying to maintain (laughs) over the years. And while he has been paying, the person he's paying has not been maintaining it. It is not been maintaining a dump, and it has basically been taken over by the locals as like a little like illegal bar, (laughs) which I love. Like I love how she describes it. He's like, you would get bad Yelp reviews. If there were Yelp reviews, because it's an illegal bar. (laughs) Right, yeah. And so they arrive there, and that's when they actually first meet our love interest of the book. Our. 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 (laughs) Trust. Our. um, Because I'm in love with him. Um, Me too. So they see him, and he is, he, he hates Piper. Like, he, I don't think he really has feelings about Hannah, but he hates Piper off the bat. Which is funny because, like, everyone else in the bar is so interested in these newcomers. And they're yeah. like, oh, my God, they're hot. And, like, we're going to marry them immediately. Like, we're into it. Right. And he's just like, I hate her. <laughs> right. Like, I hate this. I hate her. Up, spoiled. I, ha- I hate that she's beautiful. And also, I hate her as a person. <laughs> right. And we do come to find out that Brendan himself is a captain of a fishing boat. And he's also a widower, which is a big point moving forward. Which is a big point moving forward. So they butt heads right off the bat. And he's like, you know what? It doesn't even matter that I don't like her. She's not going to last one day in this town. And he, I mean, he's like a little bit rightly offended. She's really looking down on the locals and the bar. And like the bar's in shambles, but it's their place. Right. And they've named it No Names. And like they've done all this stuff. So he's like, I'm not even going to worry about it. She's going to be gone. Right. But then the next morning he gets up to do his little routine. He's at the grocery store bright and early. And sure enough, there she is. Mm-hmm. She's walking through the aisles and she's asking her phone like, hey, Siri, what's an easy dinner to make and stuff? And he kind of lays into her a little bit. And she's like, yeah. I'm making I want to make my sister dinner like she came out here with me. I want to try to take care of her. I want to show her that I appreciate what she did. So that's the first moment of substance I think we really get with Piper is that she yeah. genuinely loves her sister and that she understands that, like, this is her life now. Right. So. She's trying. I mean, first she, thing, yeah. the next morning, she's up at a grocery store, which she's probably never really been to. Probably she's not. attempting to cook a dinner, which she's definitely never done. Well, she, yeah. I mean, she's, and she's not good at cooking the dinner because then she goes back. He's like, look, here's a really simple recipe. Okay, whatever. And she en- it ends up getting catched on fire, which. I will say is not her fault. It wasn't fully her fault. No, it was the, not. The, the cleaning girls had rag. been cleaning. So they've been yeah. cleaning the apartment because it's like a rat infested apartment that they're living in. And there was a cleaning props rag. props to them. I would not. I'd be like, deuces. I, I'm out of here. So this is my secret dream for someone to send me somewhere where I live in like a little town in this little, and I like make my own in a, space. In a mouse infested. You can get rid of mice. Right. But... <laughs> So she catches on on fire. He puts the fire out and then there's a little spark, little spark between them. They sit and they have dinner, little, little spark. And after that, they are basically just constantly bumping into each other. And very slowly, the animosity starts to turn into like this overwhelming attraction. But we come to find out that he is still committed to his wife, who's been dead for seven years. Seven years that he's still wearing the ring. Still wearing the ring, which we do find out that it's um, it's more out of respect for her father, right. I think, yeah. than love for her. Yes. Because his ex, not ex-wife, his dad, his late yeah, wife's his late wife, dad gave him a job and the boat that he runs and all the stuff. So they're very connected and it's a very small community. So like, I can see how in a small town it would be it would be like that absolutely yeah but and I mean, eventually they're still having like the parties every year to yeah i mean that awkward scene right awkward Ooh. they invite so in all fairness mick who is the father-in-law invites piper to a party he yes. calls it a party and says where it is she's like great i love parties so she shows up she's like who wants a tequila shot and then she right. says it's a memorial for his dead wife <laughs> yeah and at, at this point i was thinking mick was trying to sabotage her to I, be honest so i also got that vibe 
just because of how he described it versus what it actually ended up being. And I think that's kind of, we find that that does come true towards the end when he gives her the little spiel at the end of the story. So I think that's probably what was happening. Yeah. It's after this party where like she runs out and she's very upset and he goes and comforts her that he realizes like, okay, one, I'm interested in Piper, but two, I'm also ready to move on with this part of my life. So he ends up taking his wedding ring off, which signals to Piper and pretty much like every other person in the town that he's ready to date again yeah and so they kind of start getting interested in each other which then we come to like a really honestly a pretty sad part for me where i feel awful for piper trying to make her relationship and her feelings with brendan only about sex because she's mm-hmm. kind of feels like she's wondering if he just wants sex And that if, you know, if they just have sex, he won't care about her. Right. But, but I will say that is cleared up very quickly. So that is a fleeting, that's like a fleeting fear. That's a fleeting, in her defense also, that's all she's had from men is fleeting. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, but she's also doing it because she's afraid to get too deep into the relationship um, because of how her life will change. She's kind of trying to play both sides there. And at this point, she genuinely thinks that she's going home. And yeah. he also knows that that's her plan. Like, she's very upfront with him that yes. I'm going to remodel the bar. And by doing that, I'm going to be allowed to come home. Like, I was right. exiled by my stepdad, but I'm going to go back to L.A. So I think that she was very transparent with that upfront. And then it just got it got muddy once it's she not- realized there were deeper feelings involved. Because their feelings also escalate really quickly. Very they go quickly. from, like... I don't even want to be in the same room to obsessed with each other very very fast. Yeah. Very fast. Yeah. And honestly, Brendan, I think that in a lot of ways he's like pursuing her because he knows that she actually feels something and he knows that this is different. He says Mm -hmm. for her is even different than his late wife. Like much like. Yeah. Significantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like he kind of charged in pretty quick. Issue. <laughs> he also has a lot of fears and insecurity. The fact that she, you know, maybe she wouldn't want to stay and she wouldn't be satisfied with the life that he could give her. So, yeah, I think insecure. I think that they both have very legitimate fears too with the relationship As- because he's feeling like, you know, this is his whole life. His life is yeah. embedded in the community. There really is no way that he could leave. Right. But he's wondering will this ever be enough for her based on the environment that she comes from and the lifestyle she's used to and so at this point in the story I'm thinking that he doesn't think that financially they would be a good fit but we do find out that he's actually like really wealthy like crazy wealthy and and she also has the genuine fear that okay I get out of the environment that I'm so used to my entire personality is based around that who am I when I'm not in LA and I think those are really legitimate fears but they but they get into a relationship anyway, and every time they get together, I think he does a really good job of talking her through those insecurities, appreciating yeah. her really for who she is and the person she's becoming. Yeah. And, I mean, they fall in love, like, fast. Yeah, and I think that he's really good at being able to see past all the fronts that Piper puts up. Because mm-hmm. she, she does put up a lot. She puts up a she, lot. And she he plays a lot of games. Yeah, and he can immediately know what's happening and just be like cut the bullshit right and i think that's one of the things that piper like that's definitely one of the ways one of the reasons piper is drawn to him is because he doesn't play the games that she's used to playing she i mean she really respects that about him and she says it a lot that like this is a man versus all of the boys that she dated in la so it's 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 interesting that she's so drawn to the maturity because a lot of her personality was centered around things that were pretty immature for a really long time yeah um but i think it's a good fit Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So they're settling into things. Piper's starting Mm -hmm. to really come into her own outside of LA and starting to kind of, I think, realize what's important to her away from all the superficial stuff that she usually deals with. But then uh, when they're on a trip to Seattle, which is where we find out where Brendan is loaded. Loaded. Um, and he loves to spoil and her. And he loves to spoil her, which is perfect because, you know. Where? Where are these people? Right? Where are they? Because also Piper does say, you know, she's never going to stop loving things like fancy clothes and like, yeah. you know, spas and all that kind of stuff. That's still part of what she loves. But you can do that without being superficial. You toxic. don't have to be 
ostentatious and a party girl to appreciate the finer things in life. Right. And I think this is a little bit of security for her too, to know that he's okay with that aspect of her. He does not want that aspect of her to change. He doesn't want right. her to be like a wild party girl, but she can continue to enjoy the luxuries of life. And he yeah. wants that for her. Not only is he okay it with her. it, he wants to give it to her. So that right. for her, I think is also a moment of really good security for the relationship. Like he's taking her at face value for that. He doesn't yeah. think it's shallow or vapid, right. but she enjoys those things and he genuinely wants her to have them. Right. And can provide them. It's and not, can provide them. not gonna be an issue. Yeah. So. She's like she's like, I we were doing so good and then I found out I have a rich boyfriend. Like we have to break up. We I was have making to break all this gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But while they're in Seattle, they hit a little bit of a road bump be- or yeah, speed bump, road whatever. They hit a person in the road. <laughs> they hit a person in the road. Because uh Piper gets a call from her friend Kirby, who is actually the one who turned her into the police. Not um, a friend in LA. Not, not, not a friend, friend guys. Not no. a friend. Uh, but, uh, she gets a call from Kirby and says that, I believe it was like LA times or something did mm-hmm. a big story on Piper about her just like disappearing and going off grid, even though not really, but whatever. And, uh, now all of her friends are wanting to be a part of her life again, because none of them have reached out to her this whole time so far. No. Um, and that's one of the big things that she notes. She's like, I got here day two. No phone calls from people, no texts from people. Like right. people moved on with their lives. Right. And so then that gave her the space to really do all these things. And now all of these people are like, oh my God, like I have to know all about this like cleanse that you're doing. It's like social media cleanse or whatever. Right. And Kirby says that she's going to be throwing her a big coming back party from to in LA. Piper says she'll think about it, but she she says she's going to say no to herself. You know, she tells herself she's going to say no, um, but she doesn't actually tell Kirby that. She just kind of says, you know, maybe or tries not to answer it. Um, well, she she tells her she's like, I can't do it on that day because right. it's supposed to be the day that they're going to reopen this bar. It's Labor well, the day after. Day or the day after. The day after. Yeah. Yeah. But you get a sense of like her not wanting to necessarily cut that cord yet to right. LA. Right. And, and it does cause a fight. Which, I mean, is fair, but also from both sides like it's, it's fair from both sides he's yeah. fair to be upset about it but also like this is it's only been a couple months at this point not even it's only been like five weeks at this point so right. to expect that she doesn't miss her old life or her old circle of friends or all of that is I think unreasonable but yeah. also to keep secrets from someone that you're moving so quickly in a relationship with yeah is hard and it's like she acknowledges to herself that she doesn't really want to say yes, but she's also very curious about what it would be like to come back to make this triumphant return because that would that's everything she wanted was this huge right. amount of acknowledgement by people. Um, yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it is definitely hard. But in the fight, Bren, like she tries to go into like that mode of pretending like everything's fine and mm-hmm. and like blocking Brendan out. And he does get her to, you know cut the bullshit and actually talk to him and this is where she promises she's not going to hide anything from him anymore they're like okay they get back from their trip things are going really nicely piper is actually forming some close relationships with people around she's forming a much better relationship with her grandmother who she didn't even know was there Mm -hmm. her mom never mentioned it it's her paternal grandmother um opal so they've had a nice relationship she's becoming friends with people at the bar in town and giving makeup tutorials to the ladies and like getting to know people and she's also realizing that she's a lot more capable than anyone gave her credit for like nobody expected that she would do anything but she and her sister along with um brendan and some of the guys from his crew have been remodeling the bar with the goal to reopen it and they're actually getting really close to that they get to the point where they're like okay we're gonna set a date we're gonna have a grand reopening um on labor day piper is obviously wanting to spend more time with brendan right but she's like he's like why don't you just move in like you want to be here and she's like look Mm -hmm. my sister came out here with me i can't do that to her and hannah's like you got a guest room yeah i'll move in and so again hannah mvp girl mvp you wingman the shit out of that she yeah for real for For real real. yeah so they move in it's fine for a little while but then right before he's supposed to go out on the big super dangerous crabbing session of the year he finds out that piper did not formally turn down kirby's offer to go to this party and 
then he also finds out that she never uninvited her stepdad from coming to the bar opening yeah so originally piper's plan was like they were going to redo the bar he would see all the work she did he'd be like oh you learned something and let her come back right and she says that she had intended to like do all of that but he's saying you know there's a reason you didn't get around to it yeah so he's like i'm gonna go sleep on the boat if you're at the dock in the morning to see me off i'll know that you picked me and if you're not i'll know that you picked la so she's like, I'm going to be there. Like, you're the one running out this time, not me. Like, I'm going to be there. It does. I mean, Brendan, it's only his moment of being the irrational one for a minute because. Yeah. For, for the first time, really. For the really. And it's, I think it's just because he was settling in so well and was already anxious because she hadn't actually said if she was staying or not. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, she had moved in. He was, he was really putting all of his eggs in this basket and just waiting for her to say if she was going to stay or not. And Mm -hmm. then he gets these, this idea that, you know, she hasn't, so she could absolutely be leaving and he panics, he freaks out and he does what she kind of does of like push the person away to try Mm -hmm. to, you know, save yourself from hurt. And even Hannah says that of like, Brendan's allowed to act irrationally sometimes, you know, everybody is. Yeah. So the next morning, um, Piper goes on her run and then helps Abe, who's a who's a little old man who likes to. Sit well, it's on funny. The I'm like, I'm wondering what's the point of her forming this relationship with this little old guy and like walking him. This is why. I knew it was going to happen. I I thought he might die, and that I thought was he was going to die. Yeah, I thought he was going to like have a heart attack or something. Yes, but I 100% knew. I was like, something's going to happen with him. That's mm-hmm. going to be an issue. So mm-hmm. she's she's uh, helping him up the steps to this museum to sit and read his paper all day because he he couldn't get up the steps. Um, and this morning she's walking him uh, like normals and hits his head. So Piper stays with him until he get there. That causes her to miss Brendan leaving the docks for the trip. So yeah. she's uh, rightfully you know upset and panicking that Brendan thinks that she is going like, to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, for LA and basically break up with him in that moment. So she tries to text him, tries to call him, but they don't have service once they get so far off of shore. Mm-hmm. Um, she texts him basically saying that she couldn't make it because it was an emergency, but she was on the way and that she loved him, but he, he didn't get it. And obviously Brendan has convinced LA and I mean, yeah, obviously he's sad about it he's like out on the boat and he pulls out the little picture she took to put in the bunk of like her being hugged and she's like i love you so much i'm like no no yeah of course sad sad boy in the rain vibes (laughs) in a beanie just getting in a beanie soaking wet yeah yes um and of course like as soon as he gets back and it's like two weeks go past and she's convincing herself like or two days um, or whatever he's gone for He's not, it's not an out and back right? kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And he, she's like, I'm going to be able to explain it to him when he gets back for yeah. sure. And then he gets back in to service range. They get back and the, like her text pops up and he's like, oh my gosh. And you're like, yay, it's going to work. And then, dun, dun, dun. and then no, and then we can't have yeah. nice things. So it's opening bar for the night and it's not going well. They had told people, you know, like eight o'clock or nine o'clock or whatever the time is. And the bar is dead. Yeah. So the only person who comes in is Mick, who is Brendan's late wife's dad. And yeah. he basically tells Piper, like, you'll never replace my daughter. <laughs> he's yeah. Like, he's super rude to her. Yeah. And very. And then he leaves. And Very hurtful, to be honest. Like, like I, somebody while they're down. Like, right. And and I do feel like Mick and his wife put an extremely unrealistic expectation on Brendan that absolutely. like he would he should just be sad and pine for their daughter for the rest of his life. Like it's been seven years, and Brendan has yeah. been a great sport about participating in the things that they felt like made their daughter's memory live on. But un- unrealistic and unreasonable. Absolutely. And then Piper's dad calls and he's like, I'm not going to be able to make it. And Piper's yep. like, what else can go wrong today? And she's feeling really down. So Hannah's like, you know what? 
go to the big party in LA. Like you're starting to lose your sparkle. You're really stressed out. You should just go. Right. So she goes, she goes to this big party in LA and basically the entire time she's there, she's miserable from the second she gets back, but she's going like, she's a performer almost like it's a club appearance, but also yeah. like, I don't know. A, she's on a unicorn. Yeah, she's, she's on, on a, a rising unicorn. Like. unicorn. But yeah, they, they do some of these influencer type parties where like, yeah, whole reason the whole thing they do is just show up pictures and show up yeah and that's kind of what it is is everyone just wants to see her um because she's she's returning from out of nowhere right and and brendan gets back and he go he gets the taxi he's like so excited he goes to the bar and now it's packed right and he's like where is she and hannah's like she went to la right she like gives him the little thing for it and it's he's like oh my god people are paying five hundred dollars just to be in the same room as her like that's crazy one but he's like i have to go get her so he goes to la and i'm sorry how far apart are these towns i think he i mean i think he flies i think they both fly yeah so he he gets on a plane same day and go like the timeline for this no 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 so the the night of the opening is not the same day as the party it's the next night so the opening night yeah, um, is when they both end up leaving, and the next night is the party. But Brendan doesn't know where she's staying, so he has to only find her at the party. He knows that's the only place that she's going to be, because okay. Hannah doesn't have Kirby's. That uh, makes a lot more sense. I'm like, correct. they are literally like 10 hours apart. Like, how are they getting there so fast? Yeah, no, no. It's the whole 24 hours goes by. Okay, so yeah. he goes, gets into the party. She's like looking for him in the crowd, and I'm like, "Why are you looking him for? You don't expect him to show up, but of course he shows up because he's amazing." Yeah, and she like runs to him on the stage, and she's like, "You have to get me out of here," and he's like, "You got it." And then she just Piper, like monkey like attaches to him, she and he just spider her out. monkeys out, <laughs> and they stay in a hotel for a day, and then they go back to Westport, and she talks to Hannah, and she's like, "Look, like I have to stay here. Yeah. I understand that you're not going to allegedly, but I have to stay here. Like this is my life now." And Hannah's like, "No, that's totally cool. I get it. Like I'll come visit." And so Piper ends up staying in Westport, and she's gonna run the bar, and Brendan's gonna keep running his fishing boat, and. They're happy when we leave them. They're happy. And we do we do find out that people didn't like just not show up to the bar. Yeah. There was something going on. There was like an There was uh, an, like an oil rig. Or, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And everybody was watching the news to make sure that this one kid didn't die in it. Yeah. Which and Hannah, Hannah's like, Hannah's like, we have to get a TV. We have to get a TV. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, is because they also completely missed the fact that there was a typhoon like headed for them as well at some point like they're just yeah. like oh what's yeah rain? All, the other, all the other locals are like wearing full-on like rain gear and like and boarding everything. up their businesses and like right. all that kind of stuff and they're like i'm gonna just go to the record store real quick you're like no right yeah <laughs> oh, what is rain what is yeah, this? no exactly it's like basically a hurricane what do you do we we leave piper and brennan in a good place yeah definitely and I think we do get more of their story in the next one a little bit too. Yes, we do. So I'm very excited. And I will definitely be reading Hook, Line, and Sinker. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just, I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed her writing for this book. I cannot say it enough. Her writing style is so great. But a couple of questions about the book, because this is an opposites attract grumpy sunshine book so obviously the biggest one is do you feel like they can really be together when they seem so different like do you see them as being a realistic couple definitely yes I Um, yeah absolutely I think they're absolutely realistic couple I think that the whole grumpy sunshine thing happens in real life more often than we think it does yeah Um, I would even say that me and my boyfriend are a little bit of that I'm not (laughs) sunshine sunshine but I'm much compared more, to him I think compared to him yes compared to him I am yes yeah um I have a type it's grumpy what can I say um <laughs> but uh I, I posted a TikTok about that too don't worry um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no absolutely I think so um I think really it comes down to you can be completely different and have different personalities and everything but it comes down to what you value and what you think is important um yeah. in both life and a relationship and 
if you have that, it doesn't, if you have shared things, you can be different like that and be fine. And in fact, I think that's more interesting personally. Yeah. And I think they are incredibly into each other, which is also something that's missing in a lot of other dynamics. Like these two characters were written to just be like super into everything the other person did. And so Mm -hmm. there was a lot of happiness in their relationship all the time. So it didn't matter that he was like grumpy, routine, and she was like ditzy, not ditzy. I never found her to be particularly ditzy. Sparkly, Yeah, outgoing Bubbly. versus mm-hmm. homebody. So I see them as a realistic couple. I think I enjoyed this grumpy sunshine more than other books I've read in the past with it because I don't think of it as being one of my top tropes, definitely. But I super enjoyed it. And I do think they seem realistic because it turns out they do like a lot of the same things. It they- doesn't seem like they would but I think they definitely ended up liking a lot of the same things and I think also with like the whole grumpy sunshine thing and it it definitely it really is shown with Brendan of if you're willing to make compromises Mm -hmm. and consider how someone else reacts to something then you're fine yeah Yeah. and and he also pushed Piper to grow as a person which kind of leads into the next question but do you feel like her personal growth was realistic yeah I definitely think so because I think that the pieces of Piper you know being smart being able to figure out a situation being able to think on her feet all of that kind of stuff it was there before she was just never given opportunity um she was coddled her whole life and Mm -hmm. like she said not expected to do anything other than like party and look pretty basically yeah. But just being able to, you know, grow a social media influence and having the ability to, you know, get through security and sneak into a pool and throw a massive party. <laughs> There's skills there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I I think that he provided kind of a realistic sounding board for her for the most yeah. part. She surrounded herself around other people who were also trying to be famous and be influential and she didn't really have anyone in her life although Hannah seems very grounded definitely the sister dynamic I think makes it really different but to have Mm -hmm. someone who built his own business and lived in a small town and had lived by himself for a really long time and had been married and had experienced loss to have someone as mature as he was to kind of be the sounding board and to kind of help her gauge like okay this is what real life is like yeah I did find it realistic. I found it a little unrealistic in the sense that all of a sudden she's 28 year old, she's 28 years old and it takes six weeks for her to be a different person. But the timeline was, is unrealistic. Yes. But, but at the same time, she was completely removed from the old situation. And so extreme. I think yeah. that changes it. And Definitely. Piper talks a lot about how she's scared to see who she is outside of her, the environment that she's used to, which is LA. If you were to move somewhere that was like a complete opposite of where you are now, do you think that you'd be a different person than who you are? I think that I would change somewhat. I think everybody would. I mean, even I think everybody is somewhat molded by their situation, where mm-hmm. they are, who they're around. Um, I mean, even just going off to college, most people change at least a little bit. You may yeah. not change you know, your personality or whatever, but maybe not like this, (laughs) right. Maybe not like this, but if I were thrown into like a survive on your own in the wilderness situation, yeah, I'd be a different person than I am right now. And well, she wasn't alone in the wilderness. No, but I'm, we're talking about opposite. That's as opposite as I could think of. I just automatically thought of that show alone where they're literally just like dropped off in the middle of nowhere (laughs) by themselves I was like yeah I'd be a different person yeah start to value different things and all that but would I I mean but at the same time I feel like you would come back and adjust to that as well so yeah I technically live in a very small fishing town (laughs) now so the opposite for me would be going to like New York city and living in a big city or LA or something like that. And I think I would be a really different person, but I also think that I've already built kind of the foundation of who I am. And for a lot of this, it seems like Piper enjoyed her life, but wasn't married to it. There were a lot of things about her life that she ended up being able to accept. She didn't want or weren't necessary. And I feel like I have a little bit more of a, a hold on the things that are really important to me already but yeah yeah, I think I'd be very different I do think your environment really shapes who you are so 
I yeah. again just like the timeline of it I have to keep reminding myself that the book happens over three months yeah um which is very accelerated it is accelerated in the grand scheme of things but yeah. it was it was written in a way that it didn't feel like it was such a short time frame so right. that helps some yeah but like I actually think a little bit of Bryce Quinlan from Crescent City of our, <laughs> I t- well t- yeah yeah mainly just because where Bryce says, you know, the world saw a party girl. So that's what they got. And that's yeah. kind of with Piper. Like the world saw a party girl socialite. So that's mm-hmm. all she did. She didn't try to be anything else. Nobody believed she could be anything else. So she Nobody did. expected anything else. Exactly. But that doesn't mean that she couldn't do anything yeah. else. But like it's hard to do something when no one expects you or believes in you. Her stepdad's yeah. like, well, at least Hannah went to college and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, right. But did anyone tell piper like hey you should go to college or did piper have uh unlimited disposable income and was moderately successful being an influencer and had no need to like nobody it doesn't sound like their mom really was all that involved in their lives it does sound like their stepdad i think daniel was it's a little bit more like, like loved them and cared about them but nobody was ever like hey you have to you have to have a little bit of a foundation Right. Before you go do these other things, like get a get an education or have a job or whatever. Yeah. But he also even kind of talks down to Hannah, who yes, got a degree and works. And yeah. like, so it, it, it doesn't seem like there's any pleasing him, at he least like, in that regard. He like doesn't have respect for his two stepdaughters because they're like spoiled and have never done anything with their lives and i'm like my god it's his money it's because of you it's yeah his money right you guys they... didn't like have any expectations for them no and their mom was not wealthy she right. married wealthy and then he gave them all that money like they right. it's not like they woke up one day and were like oh we won the lottery and now we're rich like right and again you can have all that money and be provided for and still set expectations right for your children and like i don't know teach them how to like cook something you know <laughs> well if she if she had been taught how to cook there wouldn't have been that character development that's always like the first socialite goes to the real world's character yeah. development is like i cooked my own dinner tonight right yes yeah. um Usually I feel like there's like a changing the tire or something moment too, but we didn't get that one. Well, that's because she had to get the mice out of her. That's right. They apartment. remodeled an entire. Yeah. Business. They, they cleaned an apartment, remodeled a bar and learned how to cook. That's right. So I've read online that this is like a Shit's Creek based book, but I've never seen Shit's Creek. So I don't know. I've never seen it, but Piper is based off of um, Alexis. Alexis. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what part of Shit's Creek this was supposed to be modeled after because I don't, I don't know a ton about the show, but right. I didn't think it was anything like this. Well, I believe, I believe the whole premise of the show is it's this rich family who they like lose their money. Yeah. 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 So they're kind of trying to figure out how to be normal people and okay. alexis is like a socialite influencer yeah airhead but not actually airhead yeah i've seen the videos of her singing the, yeah the, a little bit alexis song right. and stuff yeah. okay yeah. so i yeah, believe Piper is based on her yeah i kept reading that and i was like do i have to watch Shit's creek now or can i just appreciate <laughs> that that's a reference and like move on with my life it's it i uh, this isn't the first time Tessa Bailey's done this. I mean, this book may have been, but it's not the only time. Um, the one that I read first, Window Shopping, which was her little like Christmas one. It was a really mm-hmm. short, but really good. The main uh, love interest apparently is based on Ted Lasso, which I also haven't seen. Oh my God, you have to watch Ted Lasso. It's so, <laughs> I, it's so good. I feel I'm like I have to watch it after you. reading the book. When I tell you it's one of my top 10 shows of all wow. time, as okay. someone who watches on average 5,000 hours a week in shows, I <laughs> I just I it's so funny. It's so charming. I love it. You Well, well, hmm. window shopping, the main guy is Ted Lasso. I will that. I will have to read that. I'll put it on my list. It's incredible. I love it. I might oh like God. it more than this one to be honest with you, but I'm I'm obsessed with Tessa Bailey obs- already. Tessa Bailey obsessed. is amazing. Yeah. Obsessed. I'm, I'm stand. Yeah. Tessa, 
girl, I know you listen. We would like For to come sure. hang out with you. We want to yeah. hang out with you. And I want to be a character in your next book. And I want to write. <laughs> I want you to write me a man just like this. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, I will 100% take a Brendan. Thank you. <laughs> Would you rather be exiled for three months to LA or to Westport? Westport. Westport, a thousand yeah. percent. Yeah. LA is so not my vibe. Although for someone who is so obsessed with selling sunsets and with like in a heartbeat, <laughs> absorb the lives of one of those girls, yeah. I would go with Westport because I like small towns that are like that. Not small country towns, but right. like small coastal communities, especially yeah. in the Pacific Northwest or the Northeast, I really enjoy so much that I live in one. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't want to live there necessarily. I wouldn't want to live in Westport or LA. Yeah. Maybe not like full time. Right. But I, but for like three months, hell yeah. I've got a Westport. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. If your sister, but you don't have a sister. So your best friend Mm -hmm. was sent away like Piper was, would you go with her? Like Hannah did. Would you come with me? If I were in the same situation as Hannah? Yes. You would. You'd come with me. Yeah. I'm pretending like I'm your best friend right now. So I know. I know the <laughs> likelihood that you're going to get sent away from your dad, cut it's, off. It's pretty big. <laughs> it's, pr- it's pretty high. The problem is, Sarah, you would just stay where you are because that's basically Westport. <laughs> He's going to send me to L.A. <laughs> no. Oh, to L.A. Oh, maybe not. He'll send no. me to New York. I'm kidding. Uh, Disneyland's not far from there. I'd go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I would. Especially, again, Hannah's situation where she's got a job where she can be remote and mm-hmm. she has nothing else tying her down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, why not? And it's also and, her roots, too. Right. And it's, that's something that I feel like gets a little overshadowed I mean obviously it's Piper's book and I'm sure Mm -hmm. that it'll get further into it for Hannah and the next book but it's just as much her grandmother her dad the town that she was born into she was a little bit younger obviously when her mom moved away but yeah I I would do this for my sister especially if I felt like my dad was being unfair and I was in the same situation yeah um or for you like if it happened to you and I was in the same situation because for me, I'd be like, this is a vacation. Exactly. This is going to be fun. <laughs> right. Exactly. It would be much more fun on that side of it as the person yeah. not being punished. Yeah. yeah as definitely. someone who can go home at any time. Like. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Okay. Do you think that widowers should be able to date again at some point? And if so, how long do you think is appropriate after their spouse passes? I think obviously widows, widowers should date at some point if they want to. Um, Mm -hmm. how long I think really, I think it really depends. I, it varies to be honest. I think, I think, uh, it depends. I don't think in the first year, probably not. I think it really depends on the person with Brandon. It seems like his wife was his first like real relationship. I believe I Mm -hmm. I gathered at least a serious one. Um, Yeah. yeah, maybe not in the first year for him, but definitely not seven years. Yeah. I think in the first year, I mean, if it's a marriage of where people really care about each other, not so much like of convenience necessarily. The first year, there's there's a lot that you process. But I think seven years. Now, I can see if you were married to someone for 50 years and they passed away. Yeah. That that would be one thing. But I mean, he's young and their marriage was, although full of a lot of respect, it didn't sound like, it didn't really sound like he and his wife were that into each other. Right. Like it it kind of fell into place and then it was convenient and comfortable and like everything's right on paper and yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think, I don't know that there's like any magical number. I would say not after a year, but it also, it totally depends on the marriage. Like it totally depends. Yeah. And, and you know, it depends too. This might be a little cold, but it depends on, was it sudden? Was it expected? How long? Yeah. That is, that is very different. So I have a friend of mine whose mom died of breast cancer, who battled breast cancer on and off for a decade. Yeah. And so there were many points in time where they thought that she was going to pass and she ended up not passing. And so, I mean, her dad really stuck it out with that and the whole family did yeah. for the entire time. And then she did pass away a couple years ago and he's now dating the girl that he was dating before the mom and yeah. they got into a relationship. I don't know the timeline for it really, 
but like they got together they reconnected relatively quickly they weren't together together i don't think right. as quickly but they reconnected really quickly because this was something that had been going on for a really long time right had she been healthy and it was unexpected i think it would have gone a totally different way but she right. was battling this lifelong illness for a really really long time yeah um so i think it's so circumstantial it um is. but i did read in some of the reviews and not a ton of them but that people were like yeah i just don't know that like i liked the part where he was a widower because you know like he was married at one point and he takes his wedding ring off and i'm like leave him alone what, yeah what is he supposed to do never ever date again That's be stupid. sad be sad on his boat right again <laughs> this is not like she just died it's been seven years and again it's not like he's wearing his ring out of like a love or expectation from his wife mm -hmm. it's for his wife's family and That's it i mean he even tells it to mick he's like what i had with your daughter was special and will always hold a place in my heart but it's nothing compared to what i have with piper right already so, right. like, whether or not you appreciate it, like, basically, even if your daughter was alive, like, if I would have met Piper. Yeah, and he doesn't say it that harshly. He says, like, no. I believe the almost exact words were, your daughter will always have a sp special place in my heart, but Piper owns it. Yeah. You know, you're just going to have to. He basically says, like, you're going to have to get over it. Yeah. It is what it is. Like, I'm fully in love with this woman. Yeah. Get the fuck over it. I'm so, I'm actually really kind of surprised that Brendan didn't go off on him when he found out what he said, but it's because Brendan's a better person than I am. Well, I think it's also because, like, he understands the situation's very delicate. And yeah. had it been, like, a random person in town, totally different. Definitely would like, have. Yeah. But I think. I mean, it obviously shows that he's a really good person. He had a lot of yeah. commitment to the marriage and also to the family and the relationship with the people that he interacts with. So yeah. definitely appreciated that about him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, I think Piper did too. I mean, she yeah. was really respectful of the whole thing, to be honest. She Once she knew. <laughs> once she knew. Yes. Once she knew. Um, yeah. I... Your wife must love you. <laughs> oh, God. She's yeah. dead. <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> There's so many moments in there where I'm like, I, if, if that happened to me, I would die on the spot. Absolutely <laughs> die. Oh, the, the party that wasn't a party. It was actually a memorial dinner. Oh, but you know, God. that does, that does show like Piper's resilience to the situation. She Absolutely. still went out and lived in that town and like went about her she's, business and the, yeah, she's the definition of resilience. She so if nothing else, being an influencer and being in the very public eye gave her thick skin, which you yeah. need in a small town like that, like Absolutely. almost more than you need in a big town because like Definitely. everybody knows your business all yeah. the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I don't want to live in a small town. <laughs> um. <laughs> I live in a small town now, maybe a couple thousand people and everybody knows everybody's business, but I don't know anybody. Because I haven't gotten to know anybody. So I'm like, they can't know my business if I don't even know their name. Like, I'm sure they do, but I don't know about it. <laughs> oh, well. probably at home gossiping like this weird girl over here. She's never even introduced herself. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. I live, I live on a small island that mm -hmm. is like a very small community of people who've lived here now for decades and decades. And I, you're supposed to like wave at people when you drive by and stuff. And sometimes people don't wave at me and I do flip them off. And that will Sarah. be <laughs> that will probably be a note in the next island committee email that goes out that there is a girl <laughs> with Tennessee plays who won't stop playing. <laughs> but they won't wave. She's at a me. menace. They told me like you wave at people, so I always wave at people, and people don't wave back. And I just feel like if you don't wave, you deserve it. Oh, God, I'm so glad I don't live in a small town. <laughs> Can't do that. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> I just feel like I earned it. <laughs> what I'm going to do is there's our road is one of those like you can adopt the road and mm -hmm. nobody's adopted it. So I'm going to adopt it and then I'm going to institute martial law when I own the road. I don't think that that's how that's that how works. it works. No, that my mom said the same thing, but she's wrong. <laughs> oh, OK. Sorry. Do you hear that? You're wrong, mom. You're wrong, mom. <laughs> and she does listen to this. I did confirm. Right. And she's actually reading, she's a little, she's a couple books behind, but she is reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Nice. And she's like really enjoying it. So oh, good. good for us. Good for yeah, us. Yeah, good for us. Good for book talk, to be honest. I didn't, yeah, right? I didn't discover this book. All right. 
out of five stars, where does this one fall for you? I think I'm going to give it a 4.3. I was going to give it a 4.3. Look at us. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, absolutely one of my favorite, like, short rom-coms. Definitely. That was cute and well-written, and I enjoyed the story, but also, like, had an appropriate amount of spice, which I enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Because I feel like when you get these really cute rom-com books... It's almost like subdued a little bit. Um, it depends. Not with Tessa Bailey. Not with, but not not with Tessa Bailey. So far. <laughs> that's what that's what I've heard about uh-huh. Tessa Bailey, which yes. is like I'm like, yeah, girl, like yes. you do you, okay. Yeah. But I I feel like Tessa Bailey's really really good at like the mix where mm-hmm. you're not just it's not just a book where they're immediately having sex on the first page and like mm-hmm. everything is centered around sex. Yeah, there's a lot more substance to it, and there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you like. I just prefer a little bit more substance, mm-hmm. um, a little more things going on, a little more tension, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Tessa Bailey does a really, really good mix of yeah. sex and not. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. What else are you watching, reading, or doing right now? Um, I have randomly I started listening to the audiobook of Silence of the Lambs today. Finished it in one day. <laughs> I finished Silence of the Lambs what? today. Oh, uh, God. You're not going <laughs> to sleep tonight. Oh, it's not that bad. Have you seen no. the movie? Yeah, it's not that bad. I mean, the oh. first time I saw the movie, though, I was really young. So it did. Oh, that was okay. one of those ones that got to me. Okay. Uh, I was in, like, first grade. <laughs> okay. That was not appropriate. <laughs> well, when you have your kids come home from school and you don't watch them, then whatever is on AMC yeah. is what's getting watched. Yeah. No, but Silence of the Lambs isn't even really scary at all, to be honest. Um, I just kept kind of laughing a lot of the times. Um, <laughs> well, okay. And then he we... cuts her skin off. Oh, my God. That's so funny. No, no, no. <laughs> I was laughing because uh, something like something like quotes from the movie weren't in the book. The it puts its lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again. And then put the lotion in the fucking basket. It That's not in the book. <laughs> and I just <laughs> I. I keep going back to how Jenna Marbles would say those lines for some reason all the time in her videos. <laughs> oh my god, Jenna, so, uh, first of all, we miss you so yeah, much on the internet. YouTube definitely. is not the same without you. No, it makes me really sad though, actually, to be honest. But so as I was reading all these Buffalo Bill scenes, I kept picturing oh Jenna Marbles going, it puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Put the lotion in the fucking basket. Yeah, so I, was, <laughs> so I listened to that. Oh my god. RIP to anyone wearing headphones and listening to this right now. This audio quality is going to be trash. Oh, well, you know, whatever. But I, other than that, I'm still trying to get through War Two Queens because I've read three books while trying to finish it and also oh. trying to write my own book. So I haven't been reading it. Are you going to DNF it? No, 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 okay. no. It's good. Just, it's just-, just slow. It's slow because, yeah, I've had to read books in between it for this podcast. Oh, I'm so, we're getting in the way. I'm so sorry. Yes, we're getting in the way. Don't no. act like you don't like it. No, I do, definitely. But yeah, I've just had to like pause yeah. and start again and pause and start. So I just finished the Netflix series Anatomy of a Scandal. Mm-hmm. I watched it in one day. It was, I, oh my God, it was so good. I loved it. I love anything that's like, kind of a british procedural but mm-hmm. not all the way and it was really interesting and i'd never heard of it before i don't know if it's an adaptation of something i'm not sure mm-hmm. um and then i started watching season five of selling sunsets and i watched like half of it in a day because i'm obsessed with those houses those big beautiful modern sunset hills houses oh girl oh. clean and modern and ten thousand square feet with your neighbors right on top of you love that too big and then i started my new job last week mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yay which yay. is it's nice to come home at 4 35 o'clock have energy left mm-hmm. in my body yeah i do talk on the phone to people pretty no. much all day which no. is unfortunate um but we're working through that <laughs> and through we're gonna stay strong we're gonna stay strong and um i just started the tandem read <gasps> of tower yeah. of dawn and uh-huh. empire of storm is that right uh-huh those titles yep. right so yep. i'm still trying to get down delaney lovingly mailed me the mm-hmm. pre-marked books but i am still trying to figure out what the colors mean 
The colors mean absolutely nothing. Okay, I figured it was just like the point you read to hear flip, you read to hear flip, but I just you read to hear to flip, you read to hear flip. The colors oh. mean absolutely nothing. It, I think it was I ran out of some of them and just okay. had to start okay. another color. All right, um, good. And some of them, even especially towards the back, I think one or two fell off. It's it doesn't really matter. It's it's trying to keep you on the same timeline. Right. Like all the things are supposed to be happening at the same time. So right. generally as long as you stick to that, it's fine. Okay. I will say that I've been pondering Sarah J. Moss's books a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And originally I was like, Crescent City is my series by her. Like, I'm obsessed with it. And I am obsessed with it. And I think it's okay. It's an obsession that doesn't hurt anybody. But the more I think about it, I think Akatar is going to be my number one series for her. Um, it'll be interesting to see how I feel once Crescent City is complete. But... I haven't had a book hangover like Akatar in forever. Not even and Crescent City 2? Not even Crescent City 2 because uh-huh. I don't know. And like Hunt is like one of my top three book boyfriends. And like I love Bryce and I love the story. But there's just something about she put Akatar for me. She different in Akatar. She yeah. did. And also like that's the first series I read by her. Yes. And I wonder if I had read them in a different order if I would have felt differently. So like if I started with Throne of Glass and then I moved on, like would that be my favorite? I don't know. But I do think that my top series by her is Akatar. Yeah, I think think it'd be hard for me to choose. I think they all are different. Oh yeah, they're very different. different. And I enjoy the characters and the stories in both. And Mm -hmm. like, I love the new characters that I'm meeting in Throne of Glass. I loved the characters I met in Crescent City. Mm-hmm. There's just something about the evolution of the Akatar series that, like, I, I really love. I don't know. I really love. I really love. Like, Resand and the Bat Boys are just special, to be honest. They are really special. Yeah. And I, I do love them dearly. Me too. But also, like, I love Farah and love Farah. Yeah. Originally, I thought that I liked Bryce as a character. This is so off topic. I'm so yeah, sorry. I I originally thought that I liked Bryce better because I loved how edgy her attitude was compared to the Feyre. people in Akatar, mm-hmm. and to like to almost take like Nesta and Feyre and put them into one person and like give yeah. her attitude, but also a good person and all this stuff. But I've grown to appreciate the not the martyr-like tendencies, but kind of the sacrificial tendencies of Feyre and how mm-hmm. even even at her own expense, she was a great person. Yeah. And I've just, I don't know, I've just found myself thinking about the series a lot lately. Like the more yeah. I'm reading and the more other books I'm reading, especially other books by that author, yeah. I've just been thinking it's time for me to read them again. And I might have yeah, to. Yeah, same. Same. I, now that you're reading Throne of Glass, I've wanting, I've been wanting to read Throne of Glass again. I actually listened to the audiobook of Air of Fire. Yeah, it's just as good as I remember it. Uh, <laughs> it and it's cool listening to it in an audiobook format as well because I didn't yeah. do that. I read it like paper. Yeah, there's there's something special about all of them, and I think mm-hmm. that you'll feel that way too once you finish Throne of Glass because Aelin to me is very very similar to Resand in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so they both like Resand is. I always hit the mic. Um, I need to stop talking with my hands. Um, <laughs> Delaney is like, she's Italian right now. Okay. Uh, the hands are flying. Like, this. you know, people say that I always talk with my hands and I'm, I'm Scottish. <laughs> I don't know. But, but anyways, Resand and Aelin are very, very similar to me. I agree. Um, and Resand is like my top SJM character, but Aelin is a very close second. Yeah. And that's why if Resand and Aelin meet. Spoilers, first of all. For what? For everything. We already, ta- we already talked about Crescent City. That's true. No, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, and I didn't say that they're going to. I'm just going to say if at some point. Yeah. If Resand and Aelin ever meet. You'll cry. I'm going to implode. She'll scream. I will cease to exist. <laughs> yes. No, all of, all of SJM's books are really special. Um, but... Akatar is my phone background currently. My yeah, whole, it's, it's there's it's just something. Akatar I was in love with from yeah. the first couple chapters. Like yes. Crescent City, I loved the book, but it took me a good couple hundred pages to get into it. 
and there was a lot going on it was interesting but Akatar, like I can remember from the first chapter there was just something really special about the book and yeah yeah, I've just been thinking about it a lot lately with all the other stuff that I'm reading and thinking like okay it's time to go back and read it because it's been a long time since I read the first book me yeah same and I need to read and I think that we should do episodes on it when we do our rereads we will speaking of rereads and doing episodes on stuff yes guess what what the first book for may is going to be uh silence of the lambs yeah oh my god yeah how'd you know no because i'm of so course not. we are going to be doing throne of glass yes we are finally going to embark on i'm so excited the throne of glass journey <laughs> and when i say embark like i we're not going to do the episodes all back to back to back yeah to back to back to back to back we're gonna break them up we're gonna break them up but because there's we, seven seven yeah. books or something like that seven and seven. six seasons in a movie um yeah exactly. so we are gonna be doing throne of glass for our first may book mm-hmm. and i'm still pushing for hook line and sinker to be our second may i'm book totally good with it I, oh, yeah. okay so we have yeah. both our books picked out for may that's so exciting yeah. because that means that hook line and sinker will be my birthday read yay because i have a yes. birthday coming up in may yeah, i told the old. people at my new not really 27 i'm 27 and i'm old yeah, but you're 20, you're older 27 than I will be. But I told the people at my new job today, I was like, just like FYI, like I have a birthday coming up, like haha, when we were at lunch and just chit-chatting. They're like, oh my God, really? We're going to get you a birthday sash, a birthday tiara. We're going to make cake. We'll have a party. What day do you work in that week and stuff? I was like, these are my people. I want my birthday to be the biggest deal in the world. I don't tell my coworkers my birthday because I want them to not mention it at all. No, I want everyone to celebrate my birthday i want everyone to have the day off and i want them to spend the day just showering me with gifts and praise having my coworkers <laughs> plan something for my birthday at work specifically is my nightmare delaney having to talk to her coworkers. no no I, I like a lot of my coworkers. in fact yeah. one of like i pretty close with one of my coworkers. I actually worked with her at a different job and that's true we schedule monthly very important definitely business related meetings <laughs> where we shit talk everyone it's beautiful but no I don't know what I ne- I don't really like my birthday being a big deal but I definitely don't like the whole office here's a cake and everyone sing you happy birthday garbage. no I love it my love language is gift giving that's how I most feel loved that between that and words of affirmation so birthdays for me are a religious experience wow and I didn't used to feel that way I used to not want to celebrate my birthday but Mm -hmm. the last I'd say probably like five years six years it's um it's been very important to me that people give me things on my birthday and recognize my birthday all right well I guess we're kind of going on a trip for your birthday sort of I know I'm excited I'm excited um see that's maybe maybe what? Well, I was going to say maybe we'll record our episode when we're actually in the same state for once. That might be a little difficult. Might be a little weird. Schedule. Yeah. Not we have weird. a tight, we have a tight, tight schedule. schedule. Yeah. We're, we're going to be doing shit, let me tell you. I have an itinerary. <laughs> but, I'm just um, going to show up and have a nice time. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got it. No, see, mine is like do like things let's do things together quality time i think that's what it's called as and, your love language yeah that's one of yeah. them yeah uh quality time and i believe acts of service are my two so I, opposite of yours i think quality time is not as much one for me because i so highly value time by myself and like yeah. i would i would go to france for three weeks by myself Okay. And it would be just as amazing of a trip as if I went with anybody else. Oh, yeah. So I think for me, maybe quality time is not as big of one. I do like yeah. acts of service, but yeah, gift giving and words of affirmation, which I know, I know people may say that's the shallow love language, Sarah. No, and I don't think so. I don't think so because I don't 
want them are shallow. I don't want necessarily expensive gifts. Like I don't think the more money you spend, the more you love me. Right. But when someone says like, oh, I saw this when I was out and it made me think of you. And then they right. give it to me. I'm like, that kind of thing. I yeah. love that. Right. Or just like, hey, I just wanted to make your day better. Like here's a, here's a planner. I'm like, oh my God. Right. That makes yeah. my whole day. So. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, we will be doing Throne of Glass for our first May read. You can read with us and the episode will come out on May 15th which is the week after Mother's Day. Don't forget Mother's Day is the first Sunday in May, everybody, because I forget my mom's stuff for Mother's Day every year. I always think it's the second Sunday in May, um, and it never has been. It never has been. So, so there's well, a lot I don't that. know why you keep thinking that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Father's Day is the second Sunday, and I got that in my head. I don't know. But anyway. I have to check every year. I don't, I don't memorize anyway. these things. You can find us on social media. We have a TikTok now, which is really funny. Really if I funny. do say so myself. If you want to see me use the Lizard King monologue, <laughs> it's there for you, okay? If you want to see and me call out the fact that I do, in fact, have a type. It's there you go. There. Yeah. We talk about book tropes. We talk about book boyfriends. We talk about 19-year-old illiterate mortals being covered in shit. So. Yep. And 19-year-old assassins with a death wish. Uh-huh. So yep. there's a lot there for you. You can also find us on Instagram at Wicked Good Book Club um, and send us DMs. That's where we post about the new episodes and our monthly roundups, which will be going up for April here shortly. Mm-hmm. We have an email now, wickedgoodbc at gmail.com if you want to send us a long note. And as always, send us your recommendations for books or reads or comments you have. We love to hear from you guys. Yeah. And that will be it. Because we just spent the last 30 minutes not talking about this book. <laughs> Listen, we normally, I feel like we normally record either early evening or like middle of the day on a weekend. Yeah, that's true. It is it's 10 one, o'clock at night. <laughs> on a Monday. Yeah. It was I am, we're both yawning like crazy. But <laughs> but we wanted to give this book its due diligence because honestly, it happened one summer by Tessa Bailey. Just yeah. a treat. A treat yeah. to read. So We stand Tessa Bailey. We stand, we stand Tessa Bailey for sure. Yeah. And we will catch you guys in a couple weeks for Throne of Glass. Get excited. I'm going to go feral. Yeah. (laughs) And goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.